0: From the nostalgic sounds of the theatre organ to the latest digital home keyboards, it's right here on Community Keyboards with Ian Wolstenholme.
1: Welcome to this edition of Community Keyboards, on air and online. As ever, over the next one hour, I'll have music from the King of Instruments in all its guises, with everything from classical and theatre organ pipes, to digital electronic organs and keyboards and beyond. On this programme, I'll be joined by guests Ian Goff and Tim Flint. We'll take a look back through the archives, and we'll have music from our extensive library of local recordings, Old and New. Now, I'm indebted to Michael Ryder, who is the chairman of the Brentford Musical Museum at Kew Bridge in Middlesex, and who I met recently at a theatre organ convention in the area for sending across a copy of one of their CDs recorded in 2015 by organist Chris Barber. Again, I'm really completely at a loss as to know why the music of the artist has never been included on the programme, for it really is a delightful playing style, as you're about to hear in a couple of tracks. Well, if you have a pen and paper to hand, go and grab them now and I'll give you some details right after Chris well and truly strikes up the band. Strike up the band, Chris Barber, at the three manual X Regal Kingston upon Thames Wurlitzer in the Brentford Musical Museum. Well, the title of the CD is Music from the Movies, and that's exactly what you get. Fourteen tracks from the pens of such composers as Irving Berlin, Cole Porter, Jerome Kern, and Andrew Lloyd Webber, beautifully recorded, mixed, and produced by Jonathan Cook. The CD can be ordered via the museum shop at www.musicalmuseum.co.uk and costs £9.99 with free shipping in the UK. Better yet, you can see Chris live in concert at the museum on Sunday the 16th of December for a special Christmas concert finale there at 3pm. Well, I hope to be chatting with Chris. On the programme about his musical career soon, but let's have another track right now showing off the as quiet Quieter Stops from the nineteen twenty-seven Oscar Hammerstein musical showboat. This is Make Believe. <laughs> Make Believe, played by Chris Barber, and once again many thanks to Michael Ryder from Brentford's Musical Museum for letting us hear that. On the 28th of this month, 21 years ago, back in 1997, the popular organ world was shocked to hear of the sudden passing of one of its most internationally known and renowned names, Klaus Wunderlich. Well, on the 20th anniversary of his death last year, Not Now Music released a double CD album from the period when Klaus was playing Hammond, and teamed up with his rhythm group. And as I noted in the sleeve notes, which I was honoured to contribute to, it always seemed a pity that he dispensed with other studio musicians on his later recordings. Well, here are three numbers which translate from the German original titles as... At night the phone went, you are my passion, and just as it is today, so it lives on. Shuffle Fox Medley from Klaus Wunderlich, played on Hammond Organ, and the double CD is available direct to order at £6.95 from www.organs.uk and just search product Klaus Wunderlich 48 Unforgettable Melodies. Well, I hope you can stay with me after the break when I'll be joined by the first of my two guests dropping by, Ian Gough. This is Community Keyboards with Ian
0: Wollstoneholm. You're listening to Community Keyboards with Ian Wollstoneholm on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM.
1: Fig Leaf Rag by Scott Joplin played on the 420 Stockport Town Hall. Well, it's a uh, by my next guest, Ian Goff. Welcome to Community Keyboards, Ian. Pleasure to have you here. Thank
2: you very much. Pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, now, I think this is the first time I've ever done a little interview, chat, whatever you want to call it, in a
2: university, so it's a first for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's the first time I've been interviewed, so it's a first oh, it's for cool. me. Absolutely.
1: And that little extract that we, we've just heard, Ian, was taken from your live lunchtime concert, which was part of the LTOT's celebration weekend just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And we've just been talking about how unnerving, I think we'll use that adjective, it must be for a professional player to be at the console and the audience containing several of their peers, certainly some organ world luminaries. I mean, how nerve-wracking, really, is it,
2: from your point of view? I used to find it utterly terrifying, I have to say. I used to find the whole process of playing very terrifying, and I guess what ends up happening, I, I describe it to friends of mine who don't play, and it's the whole world disappears into that horseshoe console. Yeah. And all you know is is what's there in front of you, and and I guess you focus on the music rather than on the people that are in the room, yeah. and then you swing around on the on the stool, hopefully don't fall off, and see <laughs> these faces, and that's when it's terrifying. And, and that's when the heart, heart then, kicks yeah, in, like, And f- I guess you just have to <laughs> breathe and and go back to it. Yeah. But it, it was I found that quite a daunting experience because yeah. being a you know one of the more junior players and and probably more locally focused than a lot of of, of the guys that were there, there were some big names on that bill. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, OK, I'm, I'm so pleased to be
1: here. And that's the right the right way to, to do this. It's a kind of a testament to the fact that, in inverted commas, you've
2: made it. I've never thought of it like yeah, that. But, yeah, thank it it, I never thought, to be honest, that I would be playing. It was something I always dreamt of doing and and didn't do much about until quite late in life. I mean, I'm 43 now, but mm. I was past my 30th birthday before I touched a cinema organ. And I thought, if I can just play one tune, that'll be enough. And I never thought I'd be doing it. concerts so it's brilliant. But I mean that
1: said you were no stranger to the the world of the keyboard. um, Correct. Prior to that birthday landmark Uh, I think I'm right in saying that you did you have lessons with uh, a very well-known electronic organist Brian Hazel. I did with Brian bless
2: yeah a long time ago and and I I wasn't really the same person then I I was a kid Uh, I had lessons with a local teacher to start with who was absolutely wonderful called Pat Littler she's she's not well known but she was local to me and she instilled a love of music Mm -hmm. into me that has never left me and then I went to to take some tuition with Brian who sort of unpicked bits and and pushed me down the road of probably more professional sounding arrangements and to think more about the music and really tried to get me to understand musical theory I'm probably not one of his (laughs) favourite students I was not great at that but sadly then you know later childhood and adolescence takes over yeah, and, and other things become yeah. important and right. I moved away.
1: And then you eventually as you say picked it up again at the console uh, and uh, I know that Joyce Aldred figured mm. quite poignantly in your theatre organ um, playing. What do you actually glean from people like that who have gone through their musical careers Do you think, right, well, I've got to pick up the baton and grasp the mantle and carry on
2: now in that tradition of what I've been taught? You do. I think, as you'll be aware, I'm involved in other parts Mm. of the the organ scene, so trying to begin to play my part in maintaining the the instruments and maintaining the societies that look after those. What I've always respected about Joyce is that she tries to teach you what you need to learn rather than what she knows, right. if that makes any sense. It does. So she, she's always said she, she won't try and make people sound like her and there are many things that she says, I'm not teaching you that because I can only think of one way and it's my way and you're not having <laughs> it. Which is... If she's listening, she'll, she'll recognise that. Or she'll be that. listening. She'll recognise <laughs>
3: that.
2: And and I think, you know, what I, what Joyce is, is utterly invaluable as a musical companion to me, yes. and some weeks are more difficult than others, dependent upon how much work I've done, probably. Yeah. But always, you know, Joyce is, is an absolute mind of 50 years plus of experience of this is how you do things, this is how this song goes, this is what's important. And, you know, when I first went to Joyce, I couldn't set up... Basic registration, I couldn't phrase properly. I mean, I'm sure I'd been taught it, but had forgotten it. And Joyce is just an invaluable companion on the road of, mm. of improving on the cinema. <laughs>
1: calls Ian that it's worth mentioning at this stage that you combine your your passion for music for theatre organ and electronic organ music, and, and, and the whole the whole gamut, with a normal full time career as well. That's yes. probably why the reason we're in the university here, because it I know is. that's what you the place you work. Is there ever a, a time when you think you'd want to throw yourself completely immersed into into music making, or is that something that, like so many, myself included? You tend to think e- no, no, better make sure that there's a regular paycheck coming in properly, <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean i I left my previous employer about fifteen, sixteen months ago. I used to work for a major plc full very much full time mm. and and I left there. I took um, a voluntary redundancy, and did consider at that point, would it be a great moment to explore music as a full time occupation and I guess that's still not utterly off the cards because i'm have worked for a long time and have been very sensible in terms of paying off mortgages and things so so there's not quite as much of a, of a desperate need to earn a paycheck however we've all got to live so mm. equally there is something very different about when something's a job and when something is purely for pleasure yes. and, uh, having to do something is quite different from wanting to do it. And I guess I just always never wanted the magic to leave music. So I, I guess what I've found is a nice balance. I actually work part-time now, so I actually do three days a week here at the university and two days a week on the music, which to me feels like a, an amazing balance.
1: I guess it's reasonable, isn't it, Ian, to, to say that maybe without um, the LTRT. As an organisation, and and as you say, you are very—you're the the, the treasurer at the moment—and apart from having many different fingers in many different parts of the LTOT's organisation, but in terms of a a supportive sense, they've always been—well, just that—supportive for for new up-and-coming players. If you were using this moment to, say, champion what you do now and the level that you've reached, and there were any young players listening to this who were thinking about taking a leap into our kind of music, Mm. what what would your suggestion be? What, What route would you guide them, particularly with the theatre organ...
2: I can only speak for the way I did it, which mm. was very much... I was involved early on in two organisations, so one was the, the the plaza at Stockport and one was the LTOT, both of which I went along to with a view of how can I help rather than how can I get a concert here, which worked for me in both cases because it was, you know, at the plaza I cleaned the loose and I mopped the circle and I, I did all sorts of, of things and eventually somebody said, oh, you like the mm. organ, do you? Why don't you switch it on and play? And then... If you've then the ability to play, people will start to notice that. Mm. And I think we have to recognise nowadays that... I think you have to recognise always that if you're being paid, somebody's paying you. And you have to think about where's that coming from? And therefore, what am I giving to the Mm. audience? And I think what I've always tried to do, and Joyce has, has instilled into me, is to think, right, actually, I'm going to play lots of things that appeal to lots of different people, so that there's variety. And it may not always be what I would ideally like to be playing. Mm. Um, I can't sit sit and please myself at the console. It's not about that. It's about what does the audience want. Mm. So it's it's the two things, I guess. It's think about the audience, and it's also think about... How else you can help? How you can you can play a part as well as I was going to say take, but cinema mm. organs. Not I always think it's a bit like robbery, you know, where <laughs> I think somebody's paying me to do this wonderful thing. This is really dishonest, but because like um, it's the most wonderful thing to do. I mean, but it is at the end of the day, it, it's it's work. So, in terms of the future with
1: Ian Gough, where mm-hmm. where can we expect? To see you in and around the area and what, what are your ambitions for the future, Ian?
2: Well, my ambition is to keep playing mm. and it's to keep making audiences happy. That's fundamentally the first thing. I, I, I love it when people come up after a concert and say, you played this and I, and, I, and it took me back. Because music means things to people, and that, to me, to continue to remind audiences of the beauty of music and the beauty of the cinema organ is is great. I'd love to play a little bit more widely probably. I've been because I've worked such a full-time career. It's been very much I can only do so much in in a year. So it would be great to get I have played places like Brentford and Woking previously. Yes. I'd love to go and do that again. But I think just carrying on really and and hopefully inspiring the younger generation to try and get involved if they can do and there's there's I, I've been involved with with numerous people new onto the scene who... I think, you know, we're responsible for opening some doors and for breaking down some of the barriers that have maybe existed in the past. And, you know, I love it when people ring up and say, please, can you, can you take me to Peel Green? Can you show me how to set up the organ, can you can you let me play, can you help me? And, you know, and that's it, wonderful.
1: And is there that, that constant
2: um, flow of enquiries from, from young people to that effect? I wouldn't say it was constant, it's occasional, hmm. but that's why when we get them we should absolutely hmm. cherish them. And yeah. young people nowadays, I mean, it, well, I guess it was always tough, and I think we should, I feel, I should never criticise somebody or make anybody feel uncomfortable because they want to do this glorious thing that I've been lucky enough to do and I, I would try and, and nurture and cherish any interests that I come across and I think we've all a responsibility to do that and, and to try not to present anything that would that would negatively affect anybody for, for joining our world because it's fabulous to be part of it and and it needs to carry on there is nothing on the earth like a cinema organ for the player and for the audience, and and we should cherish it, we really should.
1: Ian, pleasure to chat to you. Thanks very much for uh, giving us an insight into your your, your life and career to date, and I, for one, suspect that we will be seeing you around at the console, here, there and everywhere. Thank you very
2: much. Thank you.
1: of the Kenneth Olford March Voice of the Guns and interspersed during my conversation with Ian Goff there, you heard Eric Coates' Green Hills of Somerset all played live on the Stockport Town Wurlitzer. We'll back with some more Community Keyboards after this break. On air at 99.7 FM and online at oldhamcommunityradio.com this is
0: Community Keyboards with Ian Wolstenholme.
1: And welcome back to Community Keyboards here on Oldham Community Radio 99.7 FM with Alex McAllister playing solitaire and a 1970s carpenter's arrangement performed without any automatics or rhythms on Kurtzweil PC3. And thanks, Alex, for that recording, especially for the programme. My next guest appeared recently at Cheedland District Organ Society, and here he is at the Roland AT900C with Robert Farnan's Portrait of a Flirt. <laughs> I know that uh, people often say it only seems like yesterday, but in the case of my next guest, that's probably hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I first met this uh, larger-than-life chap more than, crikey, 30 years ago when he was a shy, retiring soul with a very conservative dress sense on uh, on stage, I suppose, uh, as, a, as a mere teenager as he was back then. But now, like many, with the experiences and wisdom that life brings... Perhaps no-one more than Tim Flint has seen the changes that this musical genre has brought over the past three decades. Do you like that intro, mate? <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. It makes me sound old, I, but I think I, it's brilliant. I, I, wrote, I wrote that about my at <laughs> six tonight. <laughs> seriously, Tim, welcome to the programme. It's good to see you again. Good to see you again. You're looking very well. Thank you, sir. Um Now, I mean, I, I joke about that, but seriously, you have seen a lot of changes to the, the, uh, the organ and keyboard industry. I mean, you were pretty much scooped up. From day one, and it weren't you have to remember, as a,
0: yeah, a young lad, yeah, absolutely. And of course, back then, when I first started professional, it was shall we say the boom era for mm. the organ and keyboard world. Mm. Uh, there were concerts and demonstrations every week from town, town to town, um, and so at the time, it was a really busy business to be in, yeah. Uh, and then I suppose
1: the bubble burst.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure that it, it it burst. You could kind of see, probably from about 10 years ago, uh, that things were starting to slow down a little bit. I mean, I still love doing the performances that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, over the last 10 years, things gradually changed. It sounds a little bit depressing, but uh, people got older. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some cases where clubs have had... Thriving memberships, but nobody wants to run them, which is quite sad. And there are there are lots of different things that have become involved over the years, like uh, the cost of venues have gone up, and part of that is that <clears throat> all venues now have their own health and safety regulations, which they have to put in place, and it costs them money. So the cost has to be passed on to the clubs. But it's it's worth mentioning that we obviously we zero in on organ clubs. Mm. But as you talk to more and more people, it seems that most clubs and societies who use small venues are coming up against the same problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was probably about 2016 where there seemed to be a really big change and you saw
1: lots of clubs closing down. Um, But you know, you, you you go on and... I mean, how, how does that affect you as a, as, a, as a professional who's kind of done this thing, you know, man and boy, 24-7, and that's the only kind of job, if I put it like that, that, yeah. you, that you've known to? Yeah. I mean, after the first probably
0: 15 years of doing it, I did start to teach mm-hmm. alongside the performing side. Uh, and I suppose I've been quite lucky in that six, seven years ago... I received a call out of the blue from somebody who from an agency who'd seen my teaching on the internet uh, asking me if I wanted to go and do some day to day work in schools. And so I've been very lucky in that over the last six, seven years, as the organ club side of it has slowed down, my teaching and school side of it. Is kind of gradually take note, so for me, there's been a gradual transition, and I've been very lucky in that sense. Uh, and then uh, two years ago, I was offered a full time position in a local school, uh, which uh, I'm, I'm there, say I've been there now for two years, very happy there. Uh, I get on well with the uh, everyone there staff, students, etc. Um, and then, so what I do now, I'm, I'm there full time, and then I do shows. Uh, in the mainly in the summer holidays, plus one or two really local venues if they're within an hour of home, um, and uh, it, so for me it's been a gradual transition and it's worked out nicely.
1: So, so th- things do change, obviously. Nothing, yeah. nothing stays the same forever. I just this, this, this image of of, of Tim Flint standing in the, in front of the class, presumably teaching music, clearly. Um, well, uh, not all the time, uh, but <laughs> carry on, yeah. I, It's one that, that I, 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 I can't, can't imagine having seen you as that sort of funny guy on stage with...
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I suppose everyone's got a serious side. Yeah, weirdly, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you do, obviously, being, a, I'm going to say, this is going to sound a little bit big mm-hmm. but being professional, yes. you know, you, you work the right... Way for the place you're working, so yes, in school I am serious. Um, but having said that, those years of performing in front of rooms full of people did kind of equip me. The first time I had to walk into a classroom full of eleven <laughs> to sixteen-year-olds, um, so that so
1: that at least I was used to controlling a room. <laughs> I'm conscious of the time, Tim. You've got to get um, into um, organ superstar mode now, so I'm going to let you do that. And goodness knows what, what attire we'll have tonight. <laughs> I, I uh, well, only can wonder. Well, Tim, great to catch up with you after Lovely this time. Lovely to see you again, yeah. and uh, it was great to know that we're uh, we're, we're still um, doing all these things. Absolutely. i to see you again sometime. Flint's recorded live in concert at Cheadle Organ Society recently with the Muskrat Ramble played on Roland Atelier. And with that, it's time to pull down the lid or switch off the blower, whichever you prefer, for this edition. As ever, if you want to listen again, you can do so at your convenience via the oldhamcommunityradio.com player or via the programme website at communitykeyboards.com where there's lots of information and links to items of interest in the organ and keyboard world. If you'd like to get in touch, then do drop me an email to communitykeyboards at gmail.com or via Royal Mail to P.O. Box 997 Oldham OL19EB. For now, this is Ian walton saying thanks very much for listening. Take care, all the best, and bye-bye.
0: keyboards with Ian home.